it's your host, Demek, and you're about to listen to 10-Minute Thoughts with me. Hope you enjoy. Hey, y'all. Uh, it's Demek. Um, so my podcast today is just, it's a little dated. It's a little bit later than I wanted it to be, and I do apologize. But I still feel the need to get this episode out there because I, I'm responding to an article, an author who has some uh, history to his <laughs> to his uh to his existence to his career and i um i feel the need to come for that so yeah i'm responding to that uh so my thoughts thoughts today regarding an article i came across published by the hill uh, written specifically with an s by award-winning writer and journalist bernard goldberg so I'm going to introduce you guys, my buddies, my pals. I'm sorry, you all, because we're gender neutral over here. It's no guys, no gals, it's you all. Hello, bodies. Um, my bodies, the audience, to the issue at hand, and then to Goldberg's answer to the issue at hand. And then from there, we can deliberate, we can discuss. So the issue at hand, the recent surge. Oh, wait, let me stop. Hold on. To be fair, it's called 10-Minute Thoughts, right? Yeah, I might go over 10 minutes. <laughs> okay, just to be fair, this is probably, it's going to happen every couple of episodes. And I hope that those episodes are true treasures and not a pain in the butt. I'll work on it, but I'm an opinionated person. All right. So the issue at hand, a recent surge in gun violence between 2020 and 2021, impact on states nationwide, as politicians, community leaders, and families trying to understand the reason and an answer to ending this deadly issue. However, amongst the people, there's a difference in belief about the origin of gun violence and therefore the remedy to the gun violence issue. Mr. Goldberg, whom I truly, I don't know the political party, I don't know them personally, I really had no idea this person even existed until I came across the article, uh, believes that the cause of the surge in gun violence we see specifically is due to fatherlessness. Uh... He referenced in his article, Chicago's Deadly Father's Day Weekend, quoting the absence of of responsible fathers in the lives of young boys in places such as Chicago, where over Father's Day weekend, 10 people were killed and 65 wounded in shootings is causing more problems than old-fashioned racism. Goldberg's article in total was part response to Biden's speech and part conservative trope. Um, so despite this famous absentee father argument, there is no evidence that points towards this theory as a solid or direct cause of gun violence. And even if we took a moment to truly consider this argument as a valid one, uh, we would still hit an issue of actually solving a fatherlessness issue. You can't force fathers and mothers to be a part of their child's lives. Fathers and mothers pass away. Child support financial uh, in financial terms is, is not a replacement of nurturing or life skill benefits that come with having a, a stable household. So if we choose to consider gun violence the issue of only uh, the issue that only plagues single parent households, we would have to turn a blind eye to mass murderers such as Dylan Roof, James Holmes and Adam Lanza. And yes, I'm calling out all the white boys right now. Get mad. Big mad. I don't care. Dylan Roof, June 17th, 2015, Charleston, shoots up a church, all black people. James Holmes, 2012, Aurora, Colorado, shoots up a movie theater. 
Adam Lanza, Sandy Hook, shoots up an elementary school, and then kills his mother. Reverse that. He killed his mother first and then went to the elementary school. All of these guys had the fathers. They were all actively engaged in their lives. Roof lived with his father and stepmother before the shooting at Charleston Church. He worked alongside his father in his father's business. He quit working with his father weeks before doing his rampage. After the massacre, Roof's father came to his jail visits, begging his son to show remorse and begging his son to understand the impact of his actions. So his father is there before and after. Holmes is raised in a two-parent household with two rather successful and educated parents. Lonza's father, in his most recent interview, reminisced on raising his son, teaching him how to drive, and watching as his son slowly became isolated, ultimately transforming into a man that can kill children and his own mother. Now, don't get me wrong. I believe two-parent households are important and impactful. I also believe that properly planned single-parent households are equally important and impactful in a child's development. I was raised myself by what I would consider a single mother and, at times, separated parents. I've never gone on a murder rampage. I think that parenting, yes, it is a piece to a puzzle, but let's also take the time to acknowledge some other similarities amongst my examples. They all had early signs of mental health issues and some even access to guns within their immediate households. We look at Lonza. He was diagnosed with sensory disorders very young. Had a form of Asperger's that he was diagnosed with very young and he suffered from depression, OCD, and anxiety as a result of these diagnoses as he got older. His parents both attempted to get him professional guidance, both his mother and father, but Lanza himself refused to accept it. He suffered from his disorders rather than learning to work with them. Lanza was going through all of that. That's not easy. All of that. I have mental health issues too. I have depression. That's not, that's not easy. I sometimes can't grip with my with my diagnosis myself so i understand but he's going through all of that while living in a house with a self-proclaimed gun enthusiast who provides him with the knowledge of how to load aim and shoot guns all before the age of 20. Holmes according to his pastor began to suffer with mental health issues in middle school ultimately attempting to end his own life at 11 years of age. A year before the shooting that took place in the world Colorado, Holmes's girlfriend made a mental note of his jokes and conversation about his desire to kill. His psychiatrist, after his arrest and before his release to a psychiatric facility, determined Holmes had homicidal thoughts for over a decade. And then he himself attributed some of his 2012 rage towards him not being able to cope with the breakup. Roof. According to his own accounts, used alcohol, drugs regularly before the shooting. He grew belief in white supremacy dogma after the Trayvon Martin murder case. Rest in peace, Trayvon Martin. And was growing socially distant, according to his uncle, staying in a room a lot because he did not have a car or license. With these three cases alone, we can see that the trend for the violent and deadly attacks are much deeper than no fathers. It's stemming from mental health. It's stemming from co uh, from poor coping skills. It's stemming from underage and heavy drug and alcohol use. These the, the greatest argument that exists is what makes a person pick up a gun and go on a rampage. And while Goldberg might want to point towards fathers, I've easily pointed away from that and believe that the issue is a mental health and a time on hands one.
this is when public health, mental health programs and initiatives are important, when gun safety courses are important and mandatory, and where screening is important and supporting communities and supporting the safe and development of youth is important. To be even more on point with this, and I'm kind of going off the, you know, off the trail on this. Some community members, when you get opportunity to talk to them during, you know, all of this, are saying that COVID-19 horribly impacted a lot of the programs that were meant to directly keep guns out of the hands of children. These programs, like uh, for Chicago, for instance, were created in order to take time off of these kids' hands, to keep them off the streets, to keep them out of the house, and the parents are at work while the parents are in school getting their education, trying to make a come up. You know what I'm saying? So these programs closing because we had a pandemic take place is also a big part of why this is happening. Fatherless children as a reason of gun violence? No, I don't accept that. Too many guns on the street in the hands of people with undiagnosed, undertreated, untreated mental health issues? Yes, I take that. Too many guns in the hands of people who are not given the opportunity to be taught how to cope with disagreements outside of violence? Yes, I'll take that. By disintegrating this argument of fatherlessness, we make gun violence a community issue and therefore community responsibility, not an individual or household issue. This gives room for community developed and crafted grassroots efforts to create movement in their neighborhoods. This empowers community members. This gives them the empowerment they need to reclaim their neighborhoods. As I said, Goldberg's article was part opinion directly to the root cause. And, it, you know, if you go by and read the article, even how he quoted root, qual- root cause, as if this is some type of uh, fantasy theory or understanding of the world. Um, but his, his, his article was part opinion to root cause and gun violence, but it's also a response to Biden and the Attorney General's speech. That was given on the 23rd of June. And it, it was when I started to look at this aspect of it that I started to realize the type of person Goldberg was. Goldberg decided he was going to respond to Biden without quoting Biden or even bothering to properly paraphrase Biden's talking points. And I assume because Goldberg felt comfortable knowing his audience would never actually go and find the June 23rd speech given by Biden. Goldberg paraphrased in his article so that a person would believe that in response to mass shootings daily in the United States, not just Chicago, Biden wants to just take away all the guns, undermine the Constitution, and defund the police. I had the time to look up the transcript of that speech and find the talking points that Mr. Goldberg and his audience probably won't. Mr. Goldberg definitely did not. And in fact, Biden in his speech mentioned funding police departments, providing more rights to states and municipalities, funding community efforts that utilize evidence-based methods, and holding arms dealers responsible for screening and selling within the law. Biden mentioned transparency specifically regarding the sharing of data related to firearm inspection results, specifically with an S, uh, (laughs) increased inspection job effectiveness and job availability, and providing inmates, and this is really important, and providing inmates with resources that are proven to lower re-incarceration rates amongst released inmates. In fact, when Biden did mention removing guns, he mentioned removing untraceable ghost guns, guns from children or automatics that are capable of shooting hundreds of rounds in seconds. That speech is available on the White House website, and I can uh, I definitely encourage you guys to go look at it. 
keep doing that. I, I definitely encourage you all to go look at it, my bodies. Uh, I I'm not a Biden fan. I'm hell sure not a not a Trump fan, but uh, I'm definitely not a Biden fan. Biden and Kamala were a great uh, way to get out of our issue, but we're we're trying to get more progressive than that even. So, no, I'm not a Biden fan, and I can find plenty of things wrong with that speech from my public health perspective, from my personal color perspective, from my trans perspective, my queer perspective. I can find a whole bunch of things wrong with that. From my being a part of the gun statistic perspective, I, I can find a whole bunch of things wrong with his speech. But I can't say that the focus was solely on removing guns or undermining the Second Amendment. Remember when I said I see the type of guy that Mr. Bernard Goldberg is? Well, he's the type of guy that will stir the pot with no intention of tasting the contents within. You have no true goal to end any crime. Because if he did, he would have used his platform to provide his audience with the actual talking points of the president and the attorney general. He would have given the audience the chance to mention grassroots efforts that they think deserve the attention of the Biden administration. He would have provided them with opportunities to share their experience with gun violence. None of that happened. Nope. In fact, he just reinforced dated stereotypes. Tried to make a joke out of a root cause theory. He has no intention of helping. Just the intention of stirring up some crap. So... I guess the reason why I wanted to respond to this was one I wanted to read him, which was extremely fun to do. But then my other thing was this, is that um, you all kind of got to be careful. It's people out here that talk like this. They come with all these awards. And that's why I mentioned it, because he seems kind of um, uh, uh, scholarly and, 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 and very professional. He has all these awards. But his talking point and his complex thinking skills are at the is at that of not even a monkey. A monkey has greater thinking skills than this. It's probably that of an infant. I'm not saying that fathers are not important. I'm not saying that mothers are not important. I'm not saying two parent households are better than single parent households. I'm not saying a single parent household. Things happen. What I'm saying is that fatherlessness is not an answer to this issue. There are programs that can help this out. Mental health has to be addressed. Policies have to be restructured. Putting more guns on the street not going to happen. We just had somebody get shot that shot somebody. He, he was technically the good guy. He shot somebody that just shot somebody. And then he ended up getting shot by the cops. Because the cops come on the scene. They don't know who the good guy, who the bad guy, quote unquote. You know? And like I said, I got some issues with Biden's speech, some of which I might take the, take the time to blog about instead of, you know, podcast about. Uh, because that's going to come from a real thorough perspective. But at this point, I want to kind of keep this episode open so that people can, like, lead their messages and respond back. Because I would like to know how you all feel about this article. I'm sure it's plenty of us that have been a part of the gun statistics. Um whether we're a victim of a gun crime, whether being robbed at gunpoint, shot, shot at, uh, whether we uh, have guns within our immediate households or whether we live in a high crime area, I'm sure that I, I want to reach the people at this point and just ask y'all to come back and respond because I'm sure that there are some feelings about this, you know, 
I'm sure that there are some feelings about this. We're completely ignoring the impact of poverty, completely ignoring the impact of of, of resource scarcity within neighborhoods, of disparity amongst them. We're just completely ignoring all of that. Just, oh, they ain't got no daddies. So, yeah, I'm sure y'all pissed because I'm pissed. As I said, I knew this was going to be about longer than 10 minutes, and that sucks for the first for the first episode but it is what it is i'm out it's your host demic please remember stay safe stay healthy wear your mask because people out here lying about having a damn vaccine they ain't even got it wear your mask all right peace out